Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I am going to just talk uh, from um, James for a bit. We've been going through the book of James uh, in our Gorton site, uh, and we wanted to kind of carry on as normal, although this is um, not what we understand normal to be, but I think this may be the future of of normal, at least for the next three months or so. Uh, while I'm talking, if you hear like rustling noises and maybe other people whispering, that's because my family are also in the room with me off camera. You can make noise, Simmons family. Hello! Hello! Yeah. Yes, so, and, uh, so this is how we're going to do church for the next, well, who knows how long. That's all fine, isn't it? Uh, so we are going to think about what it is to be a listener uh, this morning. And uh, humans are listeners, aren't we? We take in the words that people say to us. Um, and words are very powerful. The words and messages that surround us are very powerful things. The, what we allow um, us to take in from uh, advertising, from the TV shows we watch, from social media, from what our friends and family say to us, um, those things are very powerful because listening changes you, changes your heart, really can change who you are. Uh, and I want us to be thoughtful about this today and think about this, think about what we are listening to, what words or messages we take on boards. And we're going to look at a passage from James today in uh, chapter 1, verses 19 to 25. Um, and uh, we're going to look at what it means to be a listener. But let's remember a little bit about the book of James first. Uh, James was the brother of Jesus, uh, most likely the church leader in Jerusalem as well. And at that point, um, a great persecution hits the church and many have to flee from Jerusalem. Uh, it seems um, most of the apostles stayed, and that most likely included James as well. And if you flee your country, uh, you experience great problems, maybe poverty, homelessness, exploitation potentially by more affluent or um, by dangerous elements in society. Um, in Gorton, we had a gentleman called Andre Bondarenko with us uh, a few weeks ago, and him and his family had to flee because of war and persecution, and they could tell stories of how they were under pressure, how life is difficult. But really, James is writing to believers who are experiencing pressure and a very extreme and unusual difficulty in life. And there will be those amongst us who are experiencing that at the moment because of the current situation. And maybe for some of us, it's not too bad. Um, and life has just kind of just become a bit more weird. But there are those amongst us who were experiencing difficulty anyway, maybe ill health or financial hardship. And then this has been added on top of it as well. So there will be people listening into this or people in our own city who are experiencing quite extreme trouble. Uh, and so James is writing to people perhaps um, who are under the sort of pressure that many of us find ourselves under. And he is a pastor writing to his church. And he wants his church, wherever they are, whatever they're experiencing in life, to think about listening. Okay, it seems like an odd thing. You think, well, why doesn't James write to them and teach them about, I don't know, being generous with your money or making sure you're kind to the poor, all of those things. But actually, 
He really wants to think about listening and how listening changes you. And he says, look, we need to listen first. We need to understand that listening brings change and that listening also brings action as well. And it's easy when under pressure, so maybe like many of us are today, to actually focus on your own problem. And perhaps we see that with panic buying in supermarkets. People are just wanting to solve their own problems. But they're not maybe listening, lifting their heads, looking around, seeing what other people are going through, uh, the suffering that may be around us, maybe the, the anxiety and difficulties around us. And James is saying, look, if we are listeners, perhaps we're going to learn something about those around us. So we'll read James 1, 19 to 21. Uh, we'll read it real quick. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Okay, so listen first, he says. Let every person be quick to hear. Uh, I don't know about you, but there have been any number of times where I found myself caught in a social situation and you find yourself stuck with that person who only wants to talk to you. And they don't even want to talk to you. They want to talk at you about themselves. Uh, and they just kind of go at you. It's like being hit by a train of someone who will only talk about everything in their life. They don't ask you anything about yourself. They don't ask you about anything that you like or interested in or anything that's going on at all. And when you maybe try and shift the flow of the conversation to talk about literally anything else, then they quickly tune out, get bored and aren't interested. They only want to talk to you about themselves. I've been stuck in any number of parties where you're just in the corner in the kitchen. You can't get away from that person who just wants to talk about himself. Um, and you know, it's just agony. You think I could be here for hours listening to this. Now, how good is it though, when the opposite is true, you get found yourself in a situation where somebody is genuinely interested in you, is asking you questions, wants to know about your life, your background, your family, whatever it might be, or just interested in your opinion on sort of certain things and actually listens, kind of is clearly taking it on boards. It's a very powerful thing, isn't it? And James says we should be those people. We should listen first, be very quick to hear. He also says we should be slow to anger as well. And actually, anger is often about not really listening to someone. It's about reacting to them. So we can react in real anger. But James knows that those who look to listen, look to hear first, are quick to hear, are slow to speak, are slow to anger, actually are really very, very wise. One of my favorite proverbs in, in recent times is Proverbs 17. Uh, and where the author, he writes, whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Which I just think, there have been any number of meetings or situations I've found myself in over the years. And I've thought about this proverb. And I've thought, Tim, if you just don't say anything, if you're just silent, You'll look intelligent by not saying something stupid, um, which for a Simmons, the Simmons family have an ongoing joke that we just the, the first thing that comes into our head, we'll say. And then afterwards, you think, why on earth? Why did I say that? Uh, and so uh, we practice silence just for the good of all mankind, to be honest, just <laughs> is important. So that's what we do. And I've been in a number of situations where I've done that. I thought, just Tim, just be quiet. Uh, and so James is saying, look, listen first. 
And our primary objective in relationships is to listen. Actually, maybe if you are in a relationship like you're with your kids or with your husband or wife or with close friends and your relationship is in just a difficult place, think, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a listener. Not they need to hear what I have to say and then they'll understand. Actually, I'm going to listen. That's what I'm going to do. So listen first. Listening also brings change to us. So James talks about this. To listen actually is to be humble, isn't it? So he says in verse 21, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is just very dramatic language and sounds complicated. But receive with meekness just means have a posture of humility to turn our ears to God. That's what it means. Just make yourself, make your life about listening. It's a very humble act to say, actually, I am someone who is quiet and listens to other people and listens to God. Okay, it's very humble. It's saying all the things that I say and think come seconds to what other people say and think and to what God says. And James says, look, we should do that. We should listen to God and that God saves us in that. God changes us as we do that. When we humble ourselves to listen, to say, God, I want to hear from you, we become a bit more about him and a bit less about us. And it's a big change. James says, look, uh, put away rampant wickedness and filthiness, which again, amazing language, rampantly wicked and filthy. In other words, when we humble ourselves, when we listen to God, it changes who we are. That, that kind of that uh, filthiness, that wickedness, that wrongdoing, that poor way of behaving. Actually, if you spend your time listening to God, you become more about him, you become more like him, you become less about yourself. We have become redirected at God's, not ourselves. Listening brings change. I remember when I was 19, uh, I lived in uh, just a rubbish little town called Bedford. I mean, honestly, yeah, I couldn't leave quick enough. But I went to a brilliant church uh, and there was a guy there called PJ, who is now one of the leaders in that church, just a very wise man. Uh, and he spent a lot of time with me as an idiot 19 year old, very kindly. And uh, we talked about loads of things, most of which I can't remember since such a long time ago. But I remember one thing he told me. I remember him just sitting with him one day in a coffee shop, him saying, Tim, look, what you need to do, really, if you want to see dramatic things happen in life and your life to change, you need to do this very simple thing. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm listening. This is what I'm going to do. He said, you need to pray every day. You need to write, read your Bible every day. And you need to get a blank notebook and make notes about what you pray about and the bit of the Bible that you read. And that's it. Just do that every day of your life. And I listen to him. And as best I've been able to, every day I do that. And actually has been a life changing thing. And so I listened to my friend PJ. I listened to him say, look, you just need to spend time with God. You need to be a listener of God's. Uh, And it it produced real change within me. Okay, then James really shifts gear, okay? Imagine he's cruising along the motorway in fifth gear. He needs to get into a higher speed, so he drops it down in fourth, hits the accelerator, uh, and he goes next. Okay, listening uh, causes us to act, okay? So we'll read James 1, 22 to 25 real quick says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks, if he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseverance, brings no hearer who forgets 
being no hero who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So real listening requires a response. When we position ourselves to hear God's, change comes in our life, like we have talked about. And so for James, he's saying, look, there is no point in just being a one day a week Christian. Okay? Someone who listens, perhaps turns up on a Sunday or listens to a podcast or listens to something their friend tells them once a week, but it has no effect on who they are. They don't let it in to change their life. And James describes this by giving us two people, two examples. He says, there's the first person. This is the person who looks at themselves in a mirror. Okay? But then they go away. They immediately forget almost what they look like. And he's describing someone who's happy to hear the word. It, perhaps even on a Sunday, listens to the preach, even allows it to kind of reflect something back to themselves. And they look in that mirror, they see who they really are. They look maybe at the word of God and see who they really are. It perhaps feel provoked, inspired, convicted even. But then they go away into the normality of life and, complete, and just forget about it. They pay no attention to it. They make no effort to delve into it anymore. Just it's gone. That's the first person, the, the person who forgets. And actually, if you were to read the Old Testament, you see the history of the people of God is constantly forgetting God. God would do an amazing, dramatic thing, lead them through the desert in a pillar of fire, and then they forget him. They build a big golden calf to worship. Okay, They immediately forget. The second person that uh, James describes is the person who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. As James describes it, that's the word of God. That is Jesus, looks into Jesus, brings hope and freedom to them. And what happens when that second person looks? Do they forget? Now, James says, actually, they're, they're not forgetful. Actually, they persevere. The first person forgets, easily distracted, listens, but actually it has no effect on them. They carry on making the choices that they've always been making in life. But the second person, they listen they act, they persevere, even in difficult circumstances, they hear from God's and they keep going. Is it an easy thing to do? No, it's not. And remember, James is writing to people under very extreme pressure. And he's not saying, look, this is a walk in a park for all of you, absolute doddle, no problem at all. So he's saying, no, this is a difficult thing. James knows that believers in Jesus are powerfully changed by God's but they need to persevere into that, have to dig into it. Actually, let's tell you a quick story. In 1982, in communist East Germany, in a town called uh, Leipzig, there was a, a church leader, a guy called Father Christian Führer. That was his name. And he started a prayer meeting. Now, remember, East Germany uh, was ruled by the Communist Party, a particular um, the way of living life that was communism. They hated religion. They discouraged any public gatherings at all. Okay, But this pastor, just he was fed up of it and thought, I'm going to start a prayer meeting. Okay, So a prayer meeting in a, in a culture that hates religion and discourages public meetings. Okay, That's an act of perseverance and bravery. It's an act of someone who's under pressure but decides to live for God. Uh, and that's what he did. And some weeks they had just a handful of people, really very slow start. And then in 1985, so he started in 82, then in 1985, he puts a sign on the door saying, all welcome. 
okay? And so you might think, well, come on, that seems obvious. Why didn't he do that in 1982? Remember, there's every chance if he did, he might have died for that. So year on year, slowly but surely, with perseverance, he then makes the bold step of a sign on the door. That's what he does. And then in 1989, so remember, started in 82, sign on the door in 85. In 89, the East German government found themselves having to block the roads around these prayer meetings because so many people were trying to turn up. They were beating people in the street, preventing them from going to these prayer meetings. In October the 9th, 1985, 8,000 people turned up to this guy's one prayer meeting. Across the whole city, there were 60,000 people going to churches on that night to pray in the city. And a month later, communism collapses in the east of Germany. So Father Christian Führer persevered, didn't he? He heard from God. He had a posture of listening and he decides, I'm going to persevere. And God blessed it immensely with the fall of communism, with thousands coming into prayer means. So James wants us to think, OK, just to finish, of these two people, which, which one are you? As you're reading this letter I've sent you or as we are listening thousands of years later over the Internet, uh, which one are you? Are you someone who hears and then just forgets. It has no impact. It bounces off you. Or are you someone who hears and then acts and perseveres and allows it to seek deep within you, to listen and really let it sink in? And I don't think he's writing this to condemn them because they're his people. They're his church. He loves them. He doesn't want to beat them up. But he does want them to say, look, there are many conflicting voices that have influence over us. Uh, it's hard, actually, in the modern world to hear God over the noise. It's easy to forget God with all that comes at us. And he says, look, I want you to hear the powerful words of Jesus. And I want you to hear them, allow them to sink in, to live for them and persevere for them. And actually, we live in a, a time of pressure, don't we? live in a, a time, actually, of some anxiety, uh, a time of um, people buying lots of toilet roll for, diff for strange reasons of panic, uh, of even the worry of death, of people actually thinking, will death come to my family much quicker than I thought it would? So we live in a time under pressure. And in those moments, actually, it's perhaps the first thing for us to do is to humble ourselves, to listen to God and say, how do I need to persevere? What do I need to do?